You are tuned into 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Local Motion airs each and every Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR YouTube channel, as well as giving it a like on the Facebook page. Today's guest, let's get him on air now. Neil? Hello. Hello. How are you, my friend? Hey. You're, you're here. I'm I'm good, Rita. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. There's so much to talk about with you. I love your venue, and um, thanks for oh, you, taking thank your you. time here today and and being a guest on the show. So I know you've done it before, and I just you know I saw you that weekend. I'm like, come on, let's come back on the yeah, show. Yeah, I was gonna say, I felt like I just saw you. <laughs> what show was that? You Nels at? Klein with Joel Harrison. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? I haven't announced it yet, but we are live on air. I'll announce it because it was largely part because I was at your place. Nels Klein will be my guest here on Local Motion on July 13th. Woo, that's great. Woohoo. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is really cool. He was stoked about it. And I was just like, okay. Because I remember talking to you. I'm like, should I just go up and ask? And, and you know what? What happens when you ask? Sometimes things work out the right way. Exactly. Yeah. 50 at worst. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but let's go back. This is, let's talk about you. Neil Howard is my guest today. You are a co-owner. You and your wife, Alexia, own the beautiful venue up in Woodstock, New York called Colony. Um, let's go into some history because you guys are fairly new owners. You've had it for quite a few years now, but um, you personally are... Fam- Actually, we were just talking about that. This coming, um, I guess, a week from, whatever is the 11th? Is that a week from? Yeah, May 11th is the five-year anniversary. Oh, my God. Gosh. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Happy anniversary. That's a week from today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of, obviously, you kind of catch up on it because with COVID, you kind of forget stuff like that. But, right, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty cool. So it's, it's uh, that's, you yeah. know. Half a decade. And that's there. half a decade. And, you know, when you're, like, self-employed and you own a business to get through five years, that's always the hardest years from what I understand. So, bravo to you and your oh, wife. Oh, knock on wood. Yeah. 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 No, no. You guys Well, have- I've been saying that all along. I mean, with, with COVID and us having to do, you know... I mean, we were joking about how you need to sort of uh, pivot a lot, and then we were pirouetting after a while because <laughs> there were so many pivots in a row. Um, but... Uh, there's, there's something to be said about how the challenges, you know, you build up this sort of muscle about it. And after this, you know, two-year period, I think running a regular venue operation, which in any year is crazy, it'll seem much easier now. You know, it's ironic how uh, uh, the challenge has made the day-to-day challenges much smaller. Neil, you, you can know? get through anything running this business now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we feel very uh, war, uh, you know. Yeah. You know, tried by fire. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, Neil, you're from California. Yeah, I'm from uh, just outside San Francisco, a little town called Lafayette, California. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. And um, you grew up with music, or what? what's your, like, background and how you started liking music? Yeah. I know you're also well, an actor, yeah, right? You know, yeah, exactly. Acting and uh, kind of creativity, uh, drawing, little things like that. But I was a kid, I... I chose acting uh, right around like six or seven that was like my my thing and i just kept on doing that uh in local theater and stuff growing up and just that was like my ambition and then sometime around i guess my late teens or 20s i had roommates who are musicians and i sort of got the bug of guitars and stuff and i started 
you know, messing around with playing a little guitar. And so my 20s, I still acted, but I started having this little secret songwriter kind of identity in my basement every night. Oh, nice. And then after um, years of that, I, I finally realized, I, you know, what's the point of doing this unless you actually get out and perform? So I went out and did it. And I, um, you know, I do I do it all now, I guess. But uh, I'm just starting to get back into the music. I, I've been so obviously focused on getting the colony up and running for years now that I've let so much of my other creative endeavors completely, you know, go to, uh, go to like, hell. fallow too long. Right. So, you know. Right. But, but they all add up, you know. I've met a lot of great musicians. If I want to start a band in Woodstock, I can probably do that in like five minutes. Five so, minutes, <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is make a couple of phone calls. You have people lining up, so you got a pretty yeah, nice rehearsal and, space. And world too. class, world class friends of mine willing to do any sort of favor. So it's just crazy to think, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I hope you go cool. do that and and start that up soon. Uh, you studied at NYU. Is that what brought you to the East Coast? No, actually, I, I got up there and did a film course when I was in New York. But what, what brought us out was Lex, my wife, got a. Uh, she was working as a consultant in San Francisco when we met, and uh, we've been together, I guess, a couple of years. And she had a, uh, uh, you know, a, a recruiter uh, called her out of the blue and said, "You want to come to New York and do all this fun stuff?" And you know, <laughs> and she's like, "Well, I would, except for my my lovely, you know, friend and husband here and life here." I said, I'd love to live in New York if you really want to. So Aww. sure enough, we ended up moving for her job. And, um, you know, as an actor, musician, New York is not the worst place to be at all. No. So uh, I, I was very, very happy to, to tag along, shall we say. How'd you find the and, Hudson Valley? Uh, I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it really reminds me of the uh, Northern California. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of com- comparisons. Uh, both. I mean, the winters here, obviously, are a lot more extreme, but... Uh, uh, I spent a lot of time in San Francisco and in Berkeley, mm-hmm. and the the feeling in Woodstock and sort of the, the you know the sort of the neo hippie kind of culture thing has been around me my entire life. It seems like so, absolutely. I mean, going from you know Haight Ashbury and Berkeley to Woodstock, it's like I didn't miss a beat. No, no, <laughs> absolutely, very clearly united both places. So, how did you find the the Hudson Valley? It was complete uh, randomness, really. Uh, we we were without a car. We left. Uh, we had an old, uh, you know, Sebring uh, convertible that we left in California for a couple of years. And then my brother, whose garage it was in, said, "You got to get rid of it, or I'm gonna, you know, do something to it." So we basically forced ourselves to go out and drive it back. We did this little road trip, and then we had a car in New York City, and you don't do anything with that unless you really plan on doing things because you don't really shop or do anything with a car. So we decided to start taking day trips on the weekends. And literally the very first one was Woodstock because it was, uh, you know, exactly 100 miles, two hours. It seemed like a perfect, you know, experiment in, in driving. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. You know, we parked near a real estate place and we happened to be looking in the window before we left. And the the realtor came out, this lovely lady named Rusty. And uh, she said, you guys seem funny and funky and give me your number and I'll send you some interesting stuff if you're ever interested. And sure enough, she sent us these lovely little cottage and barn kind of listings that we ended up coming in and ended up buying one. And that brought us to Woodstock. And then we were customers at the colony for a number of years when it was open sporadically, shall we say. Yes. I was going to say there was no real rhyme or reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You really couldn't keep track. You kind of had to drive by and keep the lights on and then we would go and have a great time. But every time I was there, I would always look around and say, what is the story here? I mean, there, I always figured there had to be a reason it wasn't sort of fixed up, like it was damaged beyond repair or something like that. You know, some engineer had said, just just let it go. <laughs> right. So, um, 
but it turns out he just needed a lot of a lot of time and love and, and effort, and uh, it's it's pretty much you know, rejuvenated now. It still needs a lot of work, of course. It always will. Right, it's right. A very old building. Well, the the the, 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 the Colony Hotel is how it opened in 1929. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There, there, there was a. Uh, I kind of lose track of the ownership, but basically, there was a huge hotel on on the mountain, the Overlook Hotel. And either the the first person or the second person who owned that, I think, was uh, Newgold, who built the colony as well as sort of a kind of halfway stop between guests for him. They, they would. They would because apparently it was really hard to get around in, in 1929. Right. And sure. you would have to, uh, there was dirt roads and stuff like that. It wasn't, you know, just cars and, and roads. It was like a little more onerous, you know, travel to get up a mountain. So they would take their time to get to the colony for the first night and have like dinner and dancing and then go up, take a whole day to get up the mountain the next day and stay up on Overlook for, you know, two weeks or whatever it was. So it was like very much a sister to the uh, the bigger hotel. Right, you know, right. There's, the- a, there's a lot of similarities. You yeah. see, like certain windows, and uh, I've, I've noticed the uh, the ruins up on the mountain are very much. Uh, you can see similarities to the window casings at the colony, and stuff. it's very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a beautiful building. Um, your website, I just want to throw it out there if people are listening and they just want to Google it: colonywoodstock dot com. Some great pictures, some history, and all of that on there. So, um, so you and your wife bought this beautiful venue and you knew what you were getting into right because you had been there so how long did you have to close it down and do all the repairs that you did and the improvements well that's the funny thing a lot of people i think a lot of people who haven't done anything of this scale don't realize how much work goes into it because it was almost uh comedic how many people said like within weeks of us getting the keys they said like so when are you going to open you're just going to basically paint it and reopen right and (laughs) we're like you know, painting is not going to cut it. You know, it was, it was it was major, invisible, like structural stuff in the basement and like stuff that people don't even realize happened at this point. But it was absolutely necessary to get done. And then, of course, the aesthetics and the new bar and, and fixing up the the kitchen and all that. But um, no, I mean, there was a, a lot of people just assumed it was like it's fine and you could just sort of change the light bulbs and uh, get a band and, and start going for it. But we ended up doing about two years of a serious renovation like mm-hmm. we removed complete floors and, and replaced them and there's a lot of rot down below there's a lot of moisture in the, in the, in the um, below the basement stuff like that so well all, we're getting there all so, the stuff that you and i even talked about you know at that show there um i don't know you've just like poured your heart and soul into that place both of you and um and it shows it shows um i also um and i told you very honestly i'm like oh my god your food your food there yeah you know some people would say oh maybe just you know colonies for music people forget about that go there to eat dinner and see the music because your menu kicks ass. The I, the last two times I was there within the past four or six weeks or something, I had schnitzel one yeah. night, a chicken schnitzel. Oh, the schnitzel is incredible. Oh, uh, my yeah. God. I loved it. I loved it. And then the next time I came, um, I had a special, the uh, Jamaican jerk chicken. Ah, killer. Okay. 
Oh my gosh, so yeah, good. Yeah, that comes and goes. We don't always have that, but we often do that during like reggae shows and mm-hmm. certain things. That, and we always, it just sells out every time too. It's just, it's just addictive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a, a lot of good things. It was so good. But I have your menu in my hand and whether you want a little snack or a little appetizer or you want a sandwich, I mean, just your main dinners. I mean, your schnitzel, you have fish and chips, you have pork chops, you have mushroom raviolis, not to mention the daily weekend special that you have there as well you've got like 10 different that's just it, though. I mean, it's so hard to thread the needle between like having you know some basic offerings for a venue and then going a little bit more involved in having some some real good meals and then also not going for a full restaurant because you're, you're you know you're kind of leaving yourself wide open for a lot of loss if you if you you know have right. too much to offer right? exactly exactly it's like you have to very Mm-hmm. It has to be sort of a best of a greatest hits kind of concept mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. times. And yeah. That's why the specials come into handy, you know, because we can always um, try new stuff all the time. I okay. think your menu is ideal because it's got a little something Thank for you. everybody. So if you just want to have a couple of snacks, you can get wings or calamar or, or you know, cauliflower wings, whatever you want. You've got great sandwiches as well. You've got 10 different desserts to choose from um, and, and just amazing. And your bar is it's like old school, you know, the, the, the bar yeah. and the bartenders are always super cool people, super friendly and they know their stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we've always been weirdly lucky when, when it comes to staff. I mean, and, and staffing has been anything but, um, anything but easy, but it seems like when we find people, we find amazing people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's been a challenge of course in the last few years. But, right. Uh, right. Definitely. Um, what I like is that, you know, no matter what happens, people will come and go in the restaurant industry. It's sure. inevitable. It's the nature of the beast. But well, when you sort of shake the uh, strainer a bit and the people that stay there uh, for years are just incredible. They're like great at their job. And they all become like family. And you know, it's a really nice feeling. Right. And the customers keep coming and recognize that's the same a, people. That's a huge part of it. People come back. I mean, I can't remember how many times I went back to, I went to see shows a lot in San Francisco but I don't really recall going back and seeing the same necessarily like the bartender, like, oh, there's Dave, you know, uh, whereas in the colony, we really have that. You can really go back and see many shows and sort of get to know the staff, you know. Right, right. Way, and your sound guy, I have to do a quick shout out to Max Siegel because I adore him. And um, he's, <laughs> a, he's a cool guy. Max's been around block for a long time. And boy, I tell you, I've seen him at your place, too. Now, with COVID, you know, you open this beautiful venue and then you get hit in March of 2020 with COVID. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, no, about- that was rough too because we actually had some serious momentum going into that spring and fall, spring and summer. We had um, the the summer of the canceled summer of, of twenty. Was it twenty? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all so fuzzy. Uh, no, we had some big names and some sold out shows, and it was just like it, it, we really felt like this is it. We we paid our dues, and we're we're we're, we're known enough now. We have won like the. Uh, I don't know, second best venue in the Hudson Valley or some sort of, you know, we had really kind of hit our stride. And then, uh, and then COVID basically makes venues, um, a thing of the past for like, you know, a whole year. It was just, it was just crazy. It was, but, but, uh, but you guys have a beautiful outdoor space. Talk to me about the creation of the beer garden. Yeah, well, that's just, uh, you know, we're still working on getting it, uh, permit, permitted for, uh, essentially permanent use. Not the same level. I mean, there were complaints about some, um, 
but the volume of some bands last year, which is obvious, and we definitely kind of dropped the ball in terms of keeping track of what was acoustic and what was appropriate because uh, we had this new sound system and we were very excited about it. But the, um, the, the, the crux of that story is that we always, Alex and I always wanted to do an outdoor space, like a beer garden. Um, there's places we used to hang out in San Francisco and New Orleans. There were these large, lovely, you know, green spaces that are just beautiful to hang out in, in the fresh air. And we always knew the space behind the colony would lend itself to that when the time came, but it was a huge project that would have to wait, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we had just approached the town in like the end of 19, or I think it was January of 20, with our, you know, uh, package, shall we call it, uh, a presentation of what we're going to say about how we want to develop the back area. And they were like, this is great, this is exciting it'll take a long time of, to get it approved and stuff but it sounds like a good idea we're all for it let's let's figure it out and then let's sit down and have a bunch of meetings and like right after that covid happens so we essentially got an emergency dispensation to say like you can't do anything but the beer garden now right so go ahead and do the plan you submitted quote temporarily and then we'll figure out everything else later and right now we're deep in the figuring out phase i right. to the point where tomorrow night is the uh is the I'm, I'm not sure if it's the last meeting. I think it's, it's I'll call it the next meeting about um, how we're going to pull this off because there's definitely some people who have a right to uh, not hear us in the distance every night. But at the same time, if we can pull off a way to be open and not not offend them, then we want the right to be open. You know, we're we're just, we were hoping that they don't legislate the idea of music outside completely. You know, right. what I mean? that just that that's a war we don't want to fight. Um, if anything, we. Kind of, I think we'd win it, but I don't want to take it that far. I think it's just a question of can we do this and make everyone happy, and I really think we can because um, the people who like coming out to the garden and seeing the music are more than happy. I mean, there's a huge, I think there's a huge majority of people who want the beer garden to exist. Oh, year I, in and year I, out. I don't, I, I personally don't know anybody that doesn't want it to exist. I'm yeah. sure there's some, but, but not you know, in my world, right now. But that, of course, I mean. Yeah, but we would be completely uh, rude to not right. consider the idea that there are, right. you know, any dozens and hundreds of people that live within physical earshot of, of the place who, you know, it, it isn't right for them to hear a party going on uh, every night. I mean, I don't like the exaggerations that they've come up with. They've said it's like every night long into the night. No. And it's like, no, it always ends before 10 o'clock, and it's four or five nights a week at most. Right. And, um, you know, we got rained out a lot of the time. A lot of times it's acoustic, you know, so the... The notion that we're sort of egregiously breaking the law every day is completely wrong. Yeah, the music's like done by 10 o'clock. I mean, that's, I mean, come on, it's yeah. 10 o'clock. I mean, the noise ordinance is 11 o'clock as it is. Right, so, um, right, right. But we have this new uh, speaker uh, technology that we're going to be hopefully successfully trying out in the next uh Oh, uh, you're sharing you know, this now. Weeks. Yeah, well, we, you know, it's, it's, it's on order. Okay. So, uh, I'm hoping it's coming and we're going to see if it, how it works and then... Uh, you know, I don't think it'll solve every issue, but it'll certainly make it more log more plausible for people to be out in the garden having some music audible, you know, even if it's just piped in, but it won't be disturbing anybody else. Right. Now, when know? we say beer garden, the beer garden, you really can't see from Rock City Road, which is where Colony is. It's behind your building. Yeah. So you go back there, you've got a nice bar set up outside. You've got this amazing stage. You you really went crazy on the on the sound system. It's all nice and level. There's no hills to climb or potholes or anything like that. Um, and you yeah, have more so now. Yeah, how many picnic tables are there, Neil? Oh boy, it's uh, 
I think it's over 60 at this point. Wow. So I added yeah. a, a, a few bunches at the end there because we were, uh, you know, we just needed a little more help there. But I think it's 65 or something like that. Wow. Wow. It's kind of misleading too because they, they they say there are more six people, but you know I'm a I'm a tall guy, but at the same time, no nobody more than four people can comfortably sit at these things. You know, it's really just a four top unless there's children involved. Right, right. So um, you know, people. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I mean, I sat there with six people and it was really comfortable last summer. So, um, yeah, no. Yeah. So, but it's it's great. It's cool. It's 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 just a great vibe. Again, website. Check out pictures and Facebook and socials and all of that. Colony Woodstock. Now, if you wouldn't mind, because I thought this was so cool when you and I were talking about it at the Nell's show. Um, talk about what you are doing with this sound thing here, because this is it's pretty new in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it might be that we might deliberately be the first venue um, to be using it, certainly in the U.S., as far as I know. That's what the people who supplied it might have said. Um, basically, it's a, you know, and I'm not a scientist uh, at all. I'm not a sound engineer at all. But uh, as far as I can see, it's like a directional speaker technology where you can sort of stand in one spot and hear something fairly loud but stand three feet to your right or left or, or, you know, beyond an invisible barrier, and it's essentially silent. And they've, they've been able to figure out this way to, there's no bleed, so, like, you can kind of walk through a wall and wow. see, I mean, hear music, and then it disappears again. It, it, you could actually probably set up, and there's different quadrants, so, like, one table could be listening to reggae, and the next table could be listening to jazz. You know, Man. it's that. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Wow. It's super science fiction, so I'm hoping it might be the solution that us and every other venue outside uh, um, can use, because it's a real question. I think outdoor music is going to be a real, you know, hot point for for years to come with uh, COVID and what's to come after. Right. So I, I think the solutions have to be found for people to enjoy live music without um, necessarily disturbing the people. Absolutely. You know? What can and the public do to support Colony um, during this planning meeting that you have tomorrow, is there um, somebody we can contact, or the Woodstock Planning Board, or send an email, or anything like that to um, to you know support? Yeah, um, there is uh, there is. Oh boy, I should have it here. Of course, I don't. I think I do. The, uh, uh, the article that was written, I I printed it. Um, uh, that's the Hudson Valley One article, and the email that I have is planning at Woodstock NY. Dot O-R-G. So if you're a supporter great. of live local outdoor music and you want to support Colony, send a nice email and um, and uh, say you want to keep this going at the Colony Beer Garden. I think it's important the more people that um, get out there and support what and, you know, you were you and maybe one or two other venues in the whole area during COVID were the only ones that were open and you were a lifeline for yeah. many of us people. And, you know, yeah. because you guys, by having that music and having it outside and distanced and it just felt like, you know, like everything was normal for just a few hours while you were at your place. And, and yeah, no, I mean, I was, I, I heard that uh, multiple times a day, the entire time we did it, it was, it was kind of beyond gratifying to know that you were like, really presenting uh, an oasis of, of escape for people. And, and I mean, to the point where I almost felt guilty about it because me and my staff were, were there. We were kind of in it, you know, figuring out how to do it from day one. So we never really had that kind of long, you know, dark night of the soul where we, we sat in, in you know, uh, stuck at home for three months wondering about the world. 
So, you know what I mean? So right. We kind of felt even more um, grounded in, like, uh, a place like, you know, no, things are normal here. Just come here and be normal with us. You know, it almost felt like a guilty pleasure, you know? Right, right, right. So your plan now is to, uh, everything going well, assuming you're good to go, you're going to open the beer garden and do the inside. Um, the inside shows will have ticket ticketed events, or how is that working? Yeah. Yeah, the, the inside, as of now, the, the plan is the inside is going to be exactly as it always has been. It's going to be, I mean, right now we're doing doors at 6. That was sort of like winter hours, but we're going back to doors at 7. Mm-hmm. And um, But we've always been doors at 7, show at 8 for our inside entertainment. And, and that's going to be the case uh, ongoing. And since we have that now, which we didn't have during the, the last the first two years of the beer garden, we will essentially, where we'll be dropping our beer garden hours, not operation so much, but like the performance times. It'll be essentially like a like a happy hour kind of music presentation out there mm-hmm. from five to eight. You know, um, not necessarily loud, not necessarily a band, but basically just you know some sort of musical stuff going on. Right. And then the regular show inside, and people can hang out inside or outside. We still haven't figured out how we can have you know people hanging out in outside who aren't ticket holders for the show inside without having a lot of more security issues. Right. So we're, that's still a work in progress and stuff. But knowing but, um, you, no, it used to be we. Neil, you're going to figure this out. You've figured everything else out. So um, I have all the yeah. confidence in the world to you. Thank uh, you. Last <laughs> last year, I was like amazed. You know, when I rattle off, I do this segment on the show at the end of the show, musical happenings, because I'm all about supporting live music here on the Hudson Valley. Yeah, and I always, like you know, do um, who's at Colony. Man, I couldn't keep up with it. You had like five acts outside every day. You know that you were open, and and it was so cool yeah yeah you know it was actually kind of crazy and even more so looking back we, we basically put on a festival <laughs> a, a continuous festival for the summer yeah you know? and um it was a lot of booking and uh, you know a lot of work yeah i like i said my we have some amazing staff and we had like, a gym and then julia and just people have been taking care of they stepped up to the beer garden thing and uh they, they knew it was important to people you know yeah. it was yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, it felt like a love fest going there. That's for sure. I also <laughs> want to commend you. Um, I have a policy here on my show that I only promote venues that have COVID safety protocols in place. You get a yeah. you get a red star. You get a hundred um, one percent grade you get the gpa of 4.0 you guys <laughs> killed it you guys are killing it and for that Thank and for you. keeping us so safe while trying to meander around this insanity of this pandemic i'm telling you neil my hat's off to you you have done such a good job i feel so safe oh. when i go see a show at at, at uh at colony um you walk in i mean it's just the air everything about it Tell me what right now, currently, your protocols are at Colony. Well, the, the one change we, we made just recently, uh, because things are seemingly you know relaxing a tiny bit, we, we added um, proof of recent test is okay. We were doing just vaccination only mm-hmm. um, the entire time. And we got a lot of grief about that, obviously. There's definitely a lot of anti-vax sort of, you know, uh, energy out there that was coming our way. But then again, if the obvious is also true. If we were ever relaxed about checking that, we would get a lot of, you know, uh, people who are worried that we're not checking it. So you can't, mm-hmm. you kind of get beat up coming and going. Going, yeah. It was no fun. Right, right. But, um, no, our biggest change, and we have, and I should, I, I, I can say this, because as far as I know, it's 100% true. We've had, like, zero, zero instances of COVID uh, at our club. That's and, amazing. Um, 
That's yeah, amazing. That's, and, and I think it's because early on we got on this waiting list, and early on, like within a few months of COVID, we we found our way to get these um, hydrogen peroxide uh, diffusing filter machines kind of thing. They look like fans, essentially. They do. They're and wacky about, looking. It looks like from the 21st century. Yeah, I know. We 20s. call them minions because they kind of remind <laughs> us of minions from uh, Despicable Me, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, they, they keep the, the atmosphere in the room like slightly saturated with some hydrogen peroxide in the air. And this is something they use in hospitals and um, and it, it keeps it essentially like impossible to transfer any sort of viral load between uh, through the air. It's like you can get sick from kissing someone or something like that, but that's about it. Right, right. And uh, and so we have two huge ones of those and a bunch of little ones, and they are they seem to work. So uh, knock on wood. Knock we've on had a wood. Lot of them. Yeah. I mean, we've had some sold-out shows in there, and not everyone, frankly, was wearing a mask at every second. And it was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then, like, it's, it, you know, because it's really essentially impossible to go around to make everyone wear the mask right. at all times. I mean, we're encouraging it. To a degree, but we uh, we also don't want to be bullies and badger people all night long when they're trying to have a good time. Right, so right, right. It's hard to get it right. But it's cool because, you you know, the people at the front door there, your gatekeepers, they do a great job, right? Oh, yeah. No, we're checking temperature at the door. Yep. We're checking back cards. We actually have a, a, um, a, a, a um, sorry, contact tracer, uh, Jackie, on the door. Yep. Who's her, you know, her full-time job is to not not fall for fake back cards. Yeah. Stuff. She, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. So, uh, it's, and I, you know, knock on wood, I mean, I, I am so tired of talking about that kind of stuff, to be honest. Not to you, not literally, but at the same time, right. I can't wait for that, that subject to be not a, not an issue anymore. Absolutely. It's so divisive. It and is. We, it you is. know, we've had a lot of, you know, sometimes we get up in the morning and the, the voicemail machine of the colony literally has, like, threats and, like, just what? angry people are screaming at us. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people who take it so seriously that we're on, like, we're doing the wrong thing somehow. And it's like, they don't realize it's the only thing we could do. It's either this or don't, or don't open for the time being, which is not an option. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, you can't please everybody. Yeah. And if it was the other way around, yeah. and you know, it, it, then it's no good either. So again, hats off yeah. to you and Alexia, because really this isn't hard. This is hard, you know, and these, these last couple of years are extraordinary in, in our history. And, and for you guys yeah. to just maneuver it and take the roller coaster ride every direction that you've had to and come out the way you are coming out now. Again, I commend you, and I mostly just want to say thank you for the 99% of us that just approve and thank you for keeping the safety stuff going, and I know it's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass for all of us, trust me, but you know what? To know that you're going in someplace and and it's, it's taken care of and you're looking out for people's safety as number one, you can't say anything more than that, so bravo to you guys. That's why you're here for five year anniversary. Um, let's all email the Woodstock Planning Board listeners, planning at woodstockny.org. Let's help Neil and Alexia. Tomorrow night is a planning board meeting um, to discuss the permission to continue outdoor live music at. 21 Rock City Road, which is where Colony is located. Um, now to talk about. 22 Rock City Road. What is it? 22. Sorry, 20, 22 Rock City. Oh, well, it was wrong in the article, but I won't tell anybody. Um, anyway, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so 
upcoming shows. You got a couple of things that have already sold out, if I co- remember correctly. Um, some, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so there's a definitely a lot of stuff um, coming up that's sold out. You have Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. You have dinner specials, um, which you posted on Instagram and I believe Facebook as well. Got some really good stuff coming up there tomorrow, Cinco de Mayo. You also have a mixtape '80s dance party happening tomorrow, which is cool. And yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, it's basically just going to be a big uh, food and drink dance party tomorrow night. It'll be great. Yeah, essentially. Oh, fun stuff! I'm looking forward to Friday, though. Louis Prima Jr. Um, I don't know. If it, I, you know, I'm a huge, as is evidenced probably by the, the room itself. I'm a big fan of uh, the old days. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I listen to 30s and 40s and 50s music all day long. You know, I'm, I'm just a born in the wrong decade type of guy. No, maybe you're just so I'm a, a huge fan of Louis Prima. Uh huh. And Louis Prima Jr. is coming on Friday, and I mean, he played last, uh, not last year, but before COVID. And sweetheart, very total pro, has been doing this. Uh, you know, son of a legend and now a legend himself, but he puts on such a great show. Oh man, I was um, just playing anyway. him when you and I started the conversation, yeah. and I didn't get to finish it, so I'm going to play the song from the beginning. So Louis Prima Jr. and the Witnesses at Colony on Friday, Saturday. I'm also going to play a track by Slade Cleaves, and he's great. Huh? Slade is great too. I haven't seen him before, but I've been checking him out, and he's a uh, basically he's an Austin, you know, Americana singer songwriter type, which is so my. As a performer, that is like my kind of uh, my bag. So you're I'm kind really of, looking forward to you're kind of, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of solo singer songwriter performers, and um, I'm not sure Slade has a band. He probably has a little bit of a band with him, but uh, mm-hmm. generally, songwriter stuff is really my my bag. <laughs> gotcha. And um, speaking of which, you're a great writer. I'm missing these posts by you, by the way. You are. You kept us going with all this beer garden posting <laughs> all summer long last year because it was like, what's he coming up with today? So your creativity yeah. shone through every single time you posted. So thank um, you. That was, you know, I was, that was almost a selfish exercise in giving myself a daily deadline. I need to get back into doing that. I hope you do. Fun. I hope you do. I hope there's a little encouragement because it really was fun and it put a little chuckle on most people's faces. So that was cool. Oh, um, I had a lot of people coming up at the beer garden saying like, do you really write those? Because, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was like, really, it was lovely. Well, who would you take it from, right? I mean, who could you take this stuff from? It was it was just so unique and original by all means. Um, <laughs> Sunday, you also have Ellie Winninger and Becky Brindle coming. And I love the fact that you, this is how other, this is how venues support local musicians. You actually have an open mic and you have one every oh, God, single yeah. Monday. And, you yep. know, for it's been preempted a couple of times. Sometimes there's a big band that comes through and, and swipes on Monday, but generally it's every single Monday. Yeah. And how cool is that? Because that lots of times is the first place anybody goes to go get their music heard, you know, and um, it's nice that you open oh, your doors to let that happen. So that's a cool thing. So, I mean, I come from a, uh, my background in San Francisco. I mean, uh, I've, you know, I've played some real gigs uh, over the years, but generally my, my lion's share of my, my musical life has been, you know, open mics and just meeting, and I love it. Right. You know, it's amazing to show up someplace with a guitar or even be able to borrow one and have a few songs that you're proud enough of that you want to get up there and share. And it's not a huge agenda of like, oh, I'm, I'm a pro and I'm touring and I need to show. It's more like you just want to sort of share songs. It's a very old-fashioned kind of tradition. Yeah. Yep, and I've done this where I, I I used to travel with a guitar, but then I started realizing I could borrow one almost anywhere. <laughs> so, um, but I, I've done open mics in London and Dublin and um, 
New Orleans, and, uh, you know, God knows the list goes on. But every single time, it was, like, so easy to find the special one. You just ask around a little bit. Right. And they'll say, like, oh, oh, yeah, Checkpoint Charlie is, is funky. You should go there, you know. So you end up in this place you wouldn't have gone any uh, in any other way. But you meet people as more of a performer than a uh, than a, uh, a patron, and I don't know I could, I could literally talk for a whole show just about open mic culture because to me it's how I met my wife, it's how oh. I met my all my best friends. Oh. I mean, it literally is the reason I am the man I am today, and and the friends I have today. Oh, so I love that. Is, yeah, oh. you know, having one at the colony and knowing that community that's building there. I mean, we used to have this guy, um, Jim from Kansas, uh, who works with us as one of our managers since yeah. we opened one of our founding fathers, and he's gone back to Kansas, hopefully not forever, but for the time being. And um, then uh, Brendan O'Shea is wonderful um, Irishman, has uh, been in New York, and now he's with us as a bartender and running the open mic. He's a, an incredible professional player in his own right, and he's been hosting it now, and it, it just gets better and better. And the, there's still people who are like barely out of diapers, so to speak, like yeah. the, the first performance they've ever done. Mm-hmm. and somebody who's, like, basically retired professional who still plays for fun, and they all feel comfortable playing together and for each other, and it's so supportive. It's really, it's just beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful, and not every venue opens their doors to this. It's, it's you know, so yeah. it's really, really cool. Well, that's another thing. I mean, I, I played enough open mics where the sound system was either non-existent or it was terrible that you're like, okay, I don't necessarily need to go back to that one. Right, But right. the pleasure of a good open mic at a good club is that you get to hear yourself, like, better than you ever have. Yeah. And, you know, you're kind of an amateur yeah. And you've never really been set up by a proper sound guy with a proper PA, and then like, oh my god, right. it's like an addiction. You know, you feel like yeah, it's better than your headphones at home. <laughs> Absolutely, I've talked to countless musicians, and every one of them says your sound system is creme de la creme. It's like up there, and they love playing there Thank because you. of That's the so sound. Great here. We do hear that a lot. I mean, the, the bands generally, I know generally, I, as far as I know, every single band that's played there has had a great time and yep. really enjoyed. Yep. Uh, the way we treat them. Yeah. It's very important. It is. It and I is. come from a background of, you know, I've shown up at a club with a guitar and a drummer and a bass player and, and said, like, you know, okay, you wait over here while we figure out where the light switches are. You know, I've, I've shown up for a bad gig as a musician, so I know what it's like. Right. And I think we put the musician's experience right up there with the uh, customer's experience. So right. they, they, they go away having a great time. Their managers tell a friend, and we get other bands from the same label you know it, it all spreads like a, a good rumor you know? yeah absolutely well good news you know that's how it goes um and i love <laughs> the diversity of music that you have so now you're also having every first wednesday not tonight but next month um every first wednesday you're doing a jazz night um which yep, i, yes. I think just walking it in now we're gonna do a first wednesday's jazz last wednesday's uh, grateful dead night oh. and then we're going to be doing the, the middle two Kind of what we've been doing, like kind of uh, uh, no cover, beer garden style, uh, local band, stuff like that. You know, Perfect. I, I'm very, I really want at least a couple nights a week where there's no cover and donation only. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And um, tickets available, colonywoodstock.com. Um, you've got a great lineup. I talk you up every single week. I believe in your venue. I love your venue. The coolest vibe, and it's just relaxing. It's just a really great vibe. It really is... Um, 
top notch. So I uh, commend you. And um, listeners, please send an email to Woodstock Planning Board in time for tomorrow, Thursday's meeting on uh, getting this uh, permit going on the outdoor beer garden. Planning at WoodstockNewYork.org. Let's support Colony because we need live music to continue. And outdoor live music is even better, right? In the summertime, what a great thing to have. So, um, yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah, yeah. And oh, gosh, it's wonderful out there. So, um, you've got a great lineup coming up. There's too much to list. I listed this weekend. I go week to week. Again, just visit colonywoodstock.com to check out the Woodst- the lineup. Um, you can get tickets right online. And uh, yeah, Neil, you are a rock star. I love your club. Thank you for doing what you do for Woodstock and the live music scene and supporting the local musicians with all the different things that you do. So I thank you. Honestly, I'm just I'm just so pleased to have any sort of input at all, man. It's, it's just amazing to be part of it. It seems to be like there's there's really exciting things happening in this part of the world right now, and yep. uh, to be part of it at all is just amazing. So. Yeah, it, it really is, because, you know, I remember years where Woodstock had nothing, and uh, we were just, I would always walk into Colony, too, and just be like, man, just wish someone would just buy this and love this place, because this could be wonderful. And I also want to say the other thing, too, you have the best parking right across the street. You have this great town lot there. So never have to think about, Oh my gosh, where am I going to park? It's right there. You walk across the street, boom, and you're right there. Check out the menu at the colony kitchen as well. Again, colonywoodstock.com Neil Howard, you're a blessing for live music. And, um, you're a blessing too, but seriously, well, thank li- you so much for your time. I oh, appreciate it. all the time. Well, anytime, just really anytime you need ticket giveaways or anything, just use me. I'm here. So, um, you know, we this all goes around. We all have to support each other. So um, I'd be happy to help out in any way I can. And let's get those emails going and let us know what happens tomorrow. If you would on the social factor oh, I will. and uh, good luck I will. to you. you. And um, I'm going to say the majority, the real majority of people are behind you and with everything that you've got working out with these speakers and stuff i i have a feeling we'll be outside in the beer garden soon enough i hope so all right all right have a good night sir thank you and i will see you soon thank you rita all right you again soon yep take care okay bye-bye bye-bye 91.3 91.3 WVKR. That was Neil Howard, the co-owner of Colony in Woodstock. Again, great lineup, colonywoodstock.com. Please consider, if you love to go out and see live music, please consider sending an email to the Woodstock Planning Board. They're having a meeting tomorrow night to discuss the approval for permission for live music at the Beer Garden at uh, Colony. So the email to write to the Woodstock Planning Board is very simple. It's planning at woodstockny.org. Again, planning at woodstockny.org. Just a quick note of support for the beer garden and um, keeping the live music going and all of that. So if you're up in Woodstock, even if you're not, take a ride. It's worth it. I love that place. And um, let's keep the live music going here in the Hudson Valley. Now, I tried to play this track before Neil came on, but we only played half of it. And he was just talking about Louis, Louis Prima. And um, let's take a listen to this track. And this guy will be at Colony this Friday. Let's take a listen here on 91.3. Hide out the 
once or twice, yes, because she is so nice. Anjali! Angelina! The winter set the Victoria. I Superman is strong, the first of you ever know. Anjali! Angelina! The winter set the Victoria. Sing to 
91.3 WVKR. Louis Prima Jr. and the Witnesses singing Angelina. They will be at Colony in Woodstock this Friday night. Sounds like a show that is going to be getting you up and dancing. Great horn section on that as well. Louis Prima Jr. and the Witnesses. Thank you to Neil Howard, co-owner of Colony in Woodstock, for being today's guest. If you missed part or maybe just tuning in now and you missed the whole interview, it'll be uploaded on the Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR YouTube channel tonight as well as the Facebook page by the same name. So we're nearing the end of our time here together. And this is the time of the show where I do what's called musical happenings. I list venues in alphabetical order in the hopes that you go support live music and these wonderful area venues that we are lucky enough to have right in our own backyard. Let's start with the Bardavon. This Friday, May 6th, Josh Ritter at the Old Dutch Church in Kingston. May 7th, Audra McDonald. Barnstock in Woodstock, also barnstockny.com. June 25th is Mike Fon, Peter Einhorn, Jim Donica, and Matt Garrity. Bearsville, Woodstock, also bearsvilletheater.com. May 5th is a jazz dinner. May 8th, Mother's Day, jazz brunch. May 13th, Stella Blues Band. Bethel Woods Center for the Arts. Also, BethelWoodsCenter.org. May 28th, The Who, with opener Willie Nile. Caramore in Katona. Info at Caramore.org. Opening night is June 18th with Yo-Yo Ma and the Knights. June 25th, the American Roots Festival featuring Molly Tuttle and Golden Highway. City Winery, Hudson Valley in Montgomery. And info at citywinery.com. Tomorrow, May 5th, The Weight Band. Colony in Woodstock and colonywoodstock.com. Tomorrow, Thursday, Cinco de Mayo, Mixtape 80s Dance Party. Friday, Louis Prima Jr. and The Witnesses. Saturday, Slade Cleaves. Sunday, Ellie Winninger and Becky Brindle. And every Monday is an open mic at Colony in Woodstock. Dogwood in Beacon and dogwoodbeacon.com. Thursday, Jack Grace. Friday, Eugene Tyler Band. Saturday, Primo. The Falcon in Marlboro and live at thefalcon.com. Tomorrow, Latin Jazz Express celebrates Cinco de Mayo. Friday, Split Bill with Jim Keller and Lost Leaders. Saturday, Osmosis. Sunday, Mother's Day Brunch with Saints of Swing and Sunday evening jazz series with Adam O'Farrell's Stranger Days. Fisher Center at Bard College. Info at fishercenter.bard.edu. May 7th and 8th, the orchestra now. Jazz Forum in Tarrytown. Info at jazzformarts.org. This Friday and Saturday, May 6th and 7th, two shows each night. Scott Robinson Quartet. Jazz Stock in Kingston at the Senate Garage tomorrow. Luke Franco, Jim, Jimmy Madison, John Menegon, and Tim Rugesis. That's at Jazz Stock. Info at jazzstock.com. Levon Helm Studios in Woodstock and levonhelm.com. May 6 and 7, Foy Vance. May 13, Mid Lake. May 14, The Water Boys. 
May 15, Eric Krasno and Son Little. May 21, Dirt Farmer Festival with Mavis Staples and the Midnight Ramble Band. The Stissing Center in Pine Plains and thestissingcenter.org. May 7th, Misty Blues Returns. June 10th, Bruce Molsky. Terrytown Music Hall and terrytownmusichall.org. Tomorrow, May 5th, Josh Ritter. Friday, the Yacht Rock Experience. Saturday, Westchester Symphonic Winds. And Sunday, Houndmouth. Town Crier in Beacon and towncrier.com. Every Thursday is an open mic. Friday on the Salon Stage, Toland Brothers. Friday on the main stage, Adam Ezra Group. Saturday on the Salon Stage, Tannersville. Saturday on the main stage, featuring the American Pink Floyd Show. Mother's Day Sunday Brunch with Judith Tullock. Sunday evening, The Cabo Project on the Salon Stage. Last but not least, Marco Benevento presents a festival, one-day festival, Follow the Arrow at Arrowwood Farms in Accord, June 18th. Info, arrowwoodfarms.com. Marco will be my guest here on the show June 15th. We'll be talking all about that upcoming festival. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again to Neil Howard for being my guest here today. I'm going to leave it out with a track. I'm going to go out with a track by Slade Cleaves. This is another performer who will be performing Saturday at Colony in Woodstock. And please, again, um, if you can, send an email to the Woodstock Planning Board to support the music outside of the beer garden in Woodstock. Their meeting is tomorrow. The email would need to be sent by, you know, tomorrow afternoon for them to get it. The email, again, is planning at woodstocknyorg And I will be back next week with guest Scott Sherrard from Little Feet, and in two weeks, guest John Regan, and then I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. Um, so tune in again next week, and um, again, if you give a, subscription, a subscribe or a like to the Local Motion YouTube and Facebook pages, always much appreciated. So let's take a listen to this right now of Slade Cleaves, and I'll see you all next Wednesday, and thanks again for tuning in to Local Motion. Until next time, I wish you peace. Pull the engine with the block and chain Got the oil pumping just before the rain In the gravel drive, it's a Pontiac Come the weekend, you'll find me at the track it's a 74 Dad bought it new Still mostly stock And it's rusted through I only worry About what's underneath What she looks like Don't mean a damn to me Cause you don't need That flash and shine you just need to be hard off the line So keep your lacquer, chrome and flames I'll paint mine primer gray
Some men are rich And they'll let you know Some guys act tough It's all a show I know the things Men hold inside We're all about the same When you turn out the lights Cause you don't need That flash and shine You just need to be hard off the line So keep your lacquer Chrome and flames I'll paint my primer gray Dad was pretty fast back in the day Bring that trophy home now Mama used to say It's sit there on the shelf Gathering dust Luck turns to loss And chrome to rust Listening to WVKR-FM Poughkeepsie or online at WVKR.org <laughs>